One unfortunate part growing up that we didn't have, but we have tonight, is we have technology. One unfortunate part growing up that we didn't have, but we have tonight, is beautiful night. How are we? Here we are back again with another episode of the Dingo Show, joined as always by Cole and Tig. Hey guys. How's it going? Hey, we're doing good. This is sponsored by the Quick Takes Podcast Network, so let's get right into it. Sound the bell. Tyke, Taylor Hall is a Bruin. Uh, this is something we borderline predicted last week. What are your thoughts on this trade? Oh, so humble Dingo is. We didn't borderline predict it. I, if I remember correctly, Dingo called this last week. <laughs> that is correct. It's a, it's a great move for the Bruins here. I mean, Anders Bjork was a, a good prospect. Uh, he was injury-plagued the first part of his career. And uh, I thought he was skating pretty well this year. But, I mean, it's the price you got to pay to get a player uh, like Taylor Hall. And, I mean, they didn't give up too much. They got a second-round pick in Bjork. Um, and if all goes well, hopefully they can keep Hall for the long run if, uh, at a good price, too. So I think this is a good move for the Bruins overall. Also, Dingo, important to remember, the Buffalo Sabres are picking up half the bill on Taylor Hall as well. He's under he's for $6 million this year. Buffalo's picking up $3 million of that. And also, more important to remember, the old agent of Taylor Hall and one of his biggest mentors was Bobby Orr. So maybe yes. Bobby Orr had some little favors there for the Bruins there. But it's, if, it, if in the very least, if it doesn't work out, at least it's a really good two-month rental. Let's yes. get more into this. Ty, this is Taylor Hall's 11th season, and also Bruce Cassidy is his 11th head coach. It's his, <laughs> it's, this is crazy stuff. Ready for this? It's his sixth team in six years, I believe. And you sprinkle that in with an MVP that he won in 2018. Mm-hmm. How does this guy bounce around this much? Is it just an attitude or give us your story? Um, that's a good question. I mean, he started off with Edmonton. He was picked first overall the year the Bruins got Sagan. So um, it's a, a little interesting tidbit there. But, yeah, he, he was traded from Edmonton to New Jersey a few years back, a one-for-one trade, which still – I mean, it was Peter Shirelli, so I guess there aren't too many question marks involved there because <laughs> who knows what he's doing. But, uh, yeah, and then he went to New Jersey and then from New Jersey to Arizona last year and then Buffalo and then now to uh, the Bruins here. But I've heard rumors that he's a bad locker room guy, but, I mean, stuff like that's thrown around a lot uh, a lot in, in sports. But um, hopefully he, that he can he can get some chemistry going with the Bruins here and uh, – get that playoff push that they've been hoping for this year. It seems like he wants to be here to Cole's point. He had a press conference today where apparently he said, yeah, I wanted to join the Bruins this past summer. And so when Buffalo was telling me that they were looking to move me, the Bruins were high on my list. It seems to me that uh, the Bruins have had good success turning players with kind of attitudes into good talent. Mixed success, I should say. Marshchant being the exhibit A of somebody they succeeded on. I mean, he was licking people's faces two seasons ago. And now, uh, and then, but he also lost it with guys like um, Sagan. That might have been more of a Shirelli thing, too. You never know. But, yeah, and, and I think the biggest thing to know about Taylor Hall is that he wants to win now. And to also further speak to that point, 
the Bruins have a really good hierarchy of guys that can hold people accountable. I mean, Patrice Bergeron is one of the premier leaders in the NHL. You did cite that Brad Marchand likes to lick people, but he's also one of those guys that's a good locker room guy. <laughs> and also Krejci, who's his line mate there, is another really good locker room guy. So I think the, the Bruins in the tight knit community that they have now seem to welcome in town pretty well. And so I think it's going to be a good area because, quite honestly, we don't even know if Taylor Hall is the best player in this Bruins team right now. And all those yeah. other prior teams that Taylor Hall has been on, not only yeah. has he been the best player on that team by far, he's also been one of those guys that's been asked to lead a locker room. So if you're not asked to be a leader and you're asked to play a part in something bigger than him, then I think there'll be a good match for him. Yeah, and, and I think that, that point you just made, Cole, I think that's what's going to uh, hopefully get a spark going for him too because he's always been the top dog in every club he's been a part of. So Probably hopefully his with- whole career too since he's just been a prodigy. Yeah, exactly. Like hopefully going to the Bruins here being a second line, um, second line option. I think hopefully that'll be a a good recipe for him and and the Bruins here. Yeah, definitely a prove it type of deal here for Taylor Hall. Bill, Tig, the Bruins also made another move for a defenseman. Uh, What can you tell us about him? Uh, Yeah, I saw they they got uh, Mike Riley from the Ottawa Senators. I saw he has, I think he played almost 40, uh, 40 games this year, has 20 points, uh, night, or I should not 20 points. He's got 19 assists, uh, just under 20 here. So mm-hmm. getting technical on you, but he's, he seems like a pretty good, uh, puck moving defenseman. That was one thing we were talking off the air here. Uh, one thing you hear on the trade deadline for the NHL is puck moving defensemen. It's like a buzzword. Puck moving defensemen and power forwards can't get enough of them at the trade deadline. And anything this- you can do to patch up that Bruins defense is really, really vital for a deep um, playoff run. We've been heavily relying on the Providence Bruins players to really step yep. up and play a big role. And if you also got to utilize a young goaltender too, you're going to want to get something in there that can at least control the puck just like Mike Riley can. No. Yeah, qu- question for you, Ty, on Mike Riley here. Uh, is he already like a top three defenseman on our team just by joining, or what do you think? I think that might be a a, a little too uh, too much to expect from him. I feel like a good role for him would be uh, in the bottom pair, maybe with like Kevin Miller or someone like that. Um, but the good thing with, with this move, as we saw with uh, the game versus, um, who was it, the Capitals the other night, Sunday night? Yep. I for, uh, yeah, it was eight to one. Just not not a good something you want to forget as quickly as possible. But uh, this this move with Riley makes the the defenseman on the the bees. They, it just gives them more depth, um, and hopefully we won't have to be seeing much of this Providence team uh, at least on the defensive end much longer. Also, Mike Riley is a cheap contract. He's getting paid less than a million. Bell. Hey, let's get into the guy who's been in the net for the Bruins recently, Jeremy Swayman. Ty, what are your uh, initial grades on him as he's stepped in for Rask here? No complaints on him. I mean, uh, all this year you've been seeing the numbers he's put up in Providence. I think at, even at one point he won like the Rookie of the Week or Rookie of the Month or something like that. So uh, it, all great scores for him. I mean, he's been putting up good numbers. Uh He led in a weak goal against the Flyers the other night, but, I mean, it's his third game in the NHL Uh Hiccups like this are expected, but I think the future between in, uh, in between the pipes here for the Bruins is good with Ladar and Swayman here too. Interesting fact: Swayman's from Anchorage, Alaska. He's he's got to be a tough guy. Yeah, and I think he played at UMaine too, I believe. Yes. My take is this, though. Uh, I'd like to see him stay in Providence a little longer, just so long that he can get the reps in. I'd be like, keep playing the games, keep playing the games. 
But guys, what do you think? Do you think you know a backup for Tuka Rask seems to be play more than a regular backup? I don't know. What do you think? Do you think he should stay up with the team, or do you think he should go down to Providence the rest of the year? So interesting you say that, Dinko. I was listening to some commentary and some Bruins insiders about their exact thoughts on that, and they're saying the people in Providence and the way they haven't built up in there, it's so much more closely resembling what the Bruins actually run that they say it's a pretty seamless introduction in there. So they say get him in there as much as possible because they want him to be riding forward as the as number one goaltender going into next season and hopefully really buffering Tukaras because, as we know, Tukaras does not do well in the playoffs if he's already spent all of his – all of his um, energy in the regular season. Sorry, Ty, do you want to add something to it? Yeah, and I was just going to say, too, um, like with the not only the expansion expansion draft this summer, um, Tuca and Halak, something we've talked about before on this show, they're both free agents this year, too. So uh, there could be a lot of changes in the back end for uh, who's going to be goalie for the Bruins next year. Yeah, a lot of moves for this Bruins team, but it looks like the latest news out of the trade deadline is that they're going for it. They get the expiring contracts of Krejci, Rask, so it looks like they're loading up here and trying to make one last run. Bell, Tig, one last question on the hockey team uh, segment here. A lot of teams have been overpaying in free agency. Do you agree, or what are you saying? Yeah, I, I think Sorry, that's... not free agency, the trade deadline. Sorry, yeah. No, no worries, Dingo. I, I, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. Uh, yeah, I think that's something that we've seen uh, previously throughout NHL trade deadlines. I mean, if you look at the move that the Bruins made in 2011 when they uh, to get Rich Peverly, uh, they had to give up Blake Wheeler, which is a big-time prospect at the time. But one one move that, that happened uh, today on the 12th, the, the trade deadline here, is the move to put uh, Anthony Manta on on the Washington Capitals from uh, from the Detroit Red Wings. The the Capitals gave up uh, Jacob Verana, a first round pick and a second round pick, uh, and another forward too who has NHL experience. So Anthony Manta has been a good prospect for a long time, but it seems like they 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 definitely wanted to get that big power forward that we were talking about before. Um, so it will be interesting to see if this big overpay uh, turns out for the Capitals in the postseason. Well, let's hope it doesn't for the Bruins' yeah. chances here. <laughs> Cole, I want to ask you a, a transition here into uh, big news in Boston. Julian Edelman has retired from the Patriots. What are your thoughts? Is he a Hall of Famer? You know what? I'm going to say it. He should be a Hall of Famer. He was one of Tom Brady's main guys, one of his best targets, almost getting 7,000 career yardages from Tom Brady himself. And I think if you look at the Patriots' dynasty, Certain offensive weapons are going to have to get into the Hall of Fame, right? If it is a dynasty, certain people are linked to that dynasty. And I think Julian Edelman was not only an integral part of that, I think he was a star and a leading force in that. Three-time Super Bowl champion, one-time MVP, and let's not forget that excellent catch he had in Atlanta there. He's just such a complete player, one of the definition of what an NFL player should be. I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Yeah, and one of the best playoff performers of all time like you just said Cole if he's able to give like you know I know the Patriots just cut him do you think that's more out of favors so that they can free him up so he can sign with Tampa Bay if let's just say that knee is good to go for like three weeks four weeks he can maybe join for a playoff run no I I really think what his decision was was very long and thought out you saw last year he just he obviously didn't increase the field that much. And I think his priorities in life has changed. I mean, he is a father and Tom Brady and his Instagram post, post did cite that. 
I think Julian Edelman is one of those guys that he's not just going to fade into obscurity. He's built such a big brand for himself, and he's just such a likable character in and of himself, too. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes on to bigger and better things, not to say what he hasn't accomplished isn't monumental for anyone's career or life. I just think he's going to be one of those guys that's going to be really making his uh, implant on the game of football beyond this. Hey, uh, Ty, I don't know if you heard this, but Alex Rodriguez has bought the Minnesota Timberwolves, a part-time owner. Does that keep him out of MLB for a little longer? Or what are your thoughts on this purchase? I don't think so. From from what I've heard, uh, Alex Rodriguez is definitely the a, a businessman business. here. He's in the yeah. business. He's in the yeah. business. Yeah, A Rod Corp. Can't can't go wrong with it. I mean, always looking to where to invest next. But I I was kind of hoping that he was going to buy the Mets when there were rumors for that there. But um, I actually found out of this firsthand from from Dingo himself. So. Um, yeah, I think this is a good move for A-Rod. Hopefully it works out for the, the Timberwolves, too. Dingo, real quick, what interested me about this acquisition by the A-Rod Corp is that it wasn't what they should have done, in my opinion. It really wasn't. You really? had Kevin Garnett and his team were kind of trying to move in there, trying to mesh together and try to make a deal done. I think A-Rod, he should have stayed in baseball. I think the Timberwolves are an organization that you simply can't get out of their own way. And I would have liked someone like... Kevin Garnett or someone more basketball centric to go in there and get a draw back to the team. Cause let me, let me put it this way. You see a rod sitting court signs like no, no one cares. You see a rod sitting uh, right by the third base diamond, or he's walking around the field down in um, city field, I believe for the, for the Mets. I mean, that brings a lot of draw to it. Anyway, you cut it. Hey, let's stick on the basketball thing here just for a minute. And speaking of the Timberwolves, the Boston Celtics won an overtime game on Friday against them, which was scary that that game made it to overtime. But, um, then on Sunday, the Celtics put together a 30-3 to run to beat the Nuggets in a colossal, one of the most massive collapses I've ever seen yeah. another team make, the Nuggets. And the Celtics ended up winning mostly because Jason Tatum had 50 points. Oh, I had 50 points. I'm sorry, I'm getting my numbers wrong. He had 50 points on Friday. Mm-hmm. He had a lot of points on Sunday. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> um, Cole, yeah. I got a question for for you. Well, I just want to jump in right there. For right. anyone that says like you can hitch your wagon to the Celtics team now because oh. they got a really great win against Denver, I want you to look at who was playing for Denver that night. And to all those that are saying they're having like an eight-game or six-game win streak, I forget what the exact number that Denver eight. had going in. Yeah, eight-game win streak going into that game. That was completely false. I mean, teams in the NBA, like eight games is great, but nine games doesn't really mean much to them. They were just tired and spent at that point. And for all those other Celtics fans that are clamoring to have Aaron Gordon on the Celtics, uh, I want you to rewatch that game and see what Aaron Gordon did because he absolutely did nothing. He's scoring in the single digits since joining the Nuggets, um, which is funny because he, the main, main reason why he wanted to leave Orlando is because he's not a focal point in the offense. Yeah. He's definitely not one here either. But maybe he had a he had a good point there. Maybe he should have been the focal point in an offense in a team that was never made the playoffs, sub-500, even though they made it over the Miami Heat two years ago. Spolstra, bad year. All right, hey, let's get into this real quick, guys, talking about the uh, Red Sox. Ty, should we start buying shirts from worst to first? Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be hot off the press, but I I was ready to get rid of the Red Sox after that sweep against the, the Orioles uh, to start off the season here. I mean, I think it's great to see that their bats are heating up here, but I, I feel like they're only going to go as far as their pitching uh, takes them this year. Uh, it's been scary on the bump for the most part this year. 
Uh, we see yesterday and uh, well, Sunday. Brazier's not game. back yet, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're not nothing to get too worried about. But we had a ten-one lead, and they gave up two, three-run homers. The next thing you know, it's a tight game. So like, you you can't hold your breath too long on the pitching here. So I, I think nothing. It's it's still early. So also, yep. uh, Dingo, real quick to say that like the Red Sox are not a big team in town. I'm looking at ticket prices right now, try to see if. It's going to be lower or higher right now. And the cheapest ticket you can get is one twenty-five. Wow! What yeah, was it not, on opening day? Wasn't it like five hundred dollars? I, I don't even day? know. And also another programming note: um, big shout out to Julian Edelman and the J One One Corporation over there. Bryant Graduate, a kid one year older than me, is the, running all of his social media accounts and is putting out the barrage of all the posts for him today. I've had a lot of marketing classes. That kid, wow. interesting to see that he's doing well with him over there. Yeah, tell him keep keep it one hundred. Yeah, he does 100%. Julian Edelman and also the Guy Fieri Instagram page too. I'm not <laughs> does sure. he really? Yeah, he does oh, do all. He does, he does lethal combination. Guys. Yeah, <laughs> he does Guy Fieri. He does Guy Fieri and Julian Edelman and a couple other people I forget. But those are the now two. Now tell me that's not off the chain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, look, you've made it through another uh, edition of the Dingo Show's questions and answers segment, and as always. On the line with us today is Sully. Sully, hello, how are you? Oh, Dingo, you know how it is. Never battle him on the show with you and uh, Cole here, right? That's his name, right? That's his Oh, man, that's coming at the neck there. Hey, I got to ask you a quick question here, Sully. I heard Taylor Hall's driving down from Buffalo mm-hmm. via car in order to stay out of COVID protocol. So yeah. he could be listening to this very podcast, depending on yeah. when it's released. Any words of advice to Taylor Hall before he joins the Bruins? Well, I can ask him right here. Sully's driving him down from Buffalo. Here we are. Hey, Taylor, you want to talk? No, Taylor, he's, 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 very, he's indisposed at the moment, as some might say. But, yeah, me and Taylor were excited to get the uh, drive down to Buffalo. I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard, but uh, Buffalo hasn't been too hot this year in terms of the hockey team. Uh, uh, Sully, what, what's your livery of choice? What, what are you driving? We Ubered. We Ubered. I'm, I, they paid me They paid me to drive, but I just, I, I'm making a, uh, I'm pulling a fast one on them. And I'm taking my money and I'm betting on the uh, Bruins to win the cup this year. Me and Halsey. Is he going to be the man to put them over the edge? How do you like his game? I think, you He's know. He's had a tough year, I think, this year, but. Yeah, two goals. His first goal was scored in the first uh, 10 minutes of the first period, opening night, and then he's only got one goal since then. So, I mean. But, I mean, it's Buffalo this year, too, so we got to give him a break. He put up almost 20 points this year with them. Uh, but, yeah, I feel like we've we've heard for years that David Krejci, he needs someone on his left wing. I mean, Nick Ritchie was putting up the numbers this year, but the, we, we, we need that guy that can just take him over the hump. And I think Halsey's going to be that guy for him this year. I mean, he's a great player, won MVP a couple years back with the Devils. Uh, so, Sully, Sully's, got his, Sully's got high hopes with this Halsey kid here. All right, Sully, quick question for you. Uh, in regards to Taylor Hall, what, what can you say his relationship was with Bobby Orr? I know you're close with Bobby. You've been, mm-hmm. you were a gopher for him a few years back. Uh, Drinking buddies. Yeah, and also yep. that too. Um, what, what, what can you tell me about that? Yeah, so uh, as, as uh, Dingo was saying earlier on the uh, program, Taylor Hall is uh, what, what he's, his agent. He's represented. There we go. There we go. He's represented by Bobby Orr. And the first thing when I heard that, uh, when when Taylor Hall texted me and said, hey, can you pick me up? Uh, I said, because uh, I'm going to Boston. The first thing I thought of was, 
what number is Hall going to wear? You know, he was number four for Edmonton, number nine for uh, the Devils. Mm-hmm. And as we know, number four is retired for the guy who represents him, Bobby Orr, and number nine is for Johnny Busick. And 91 is Savard, and he wore that, uh, Hall wore that with uh, Arizona. So it's like, what number is he going to wear? So that's, that's one of the first things I thought of when uh, when I heard about Hall. And, uh, but yeah, Bobby well, as we know, 63 is still available at the moment. Me and Dingo have been working hard to get that retired for Yager. Yeah, uh, across the league, baby. Yeah, across the league. Get Yager out. And 68 should not be worn by any others than, than Yadimir Yager. Agree. Zdeno Chara. Yeah, imagine if he wore 33. Sully would be up in arms. I'd be, fl- I'd be flipping tables down at uh, Castle Island, baby. Flipping them into the harbor. Yeah, just, that's how irate I would be. Yeah, if you heard that he was wearing 33, you'd probably just drop him off somewhere in upstate New York. Well, Sully, we always enjoy your time and calling into the program. We'll be talk to you next week. Have a good one, boys. Sully out. All right, look at that. The episode of the Dingo Show is done. Thank you guys for joining, as always. Later, Dingo. Adios.